and welcome back to Cheltenham Only Better. It is episode 13 and we are finally on to the final day of the festival, day four, Friday, the Gold Cup day. So lots of uh, stuff to be excited about, that is for sure. Um, apologies to anyone who's watching on YouTube. My beautiful Highland cow painting is now packed away because I'm moving house. So I'm blending in with the wall currently, really plain, didn't really think about my outfit choice, but hey-ho, we're going to kick on. Um, so we better introduce our panel. Um, Jerry McGrath is definitely a man who's a, a fair bit richer, having bought half of the horses at the Cheltenham sale last week. Jerry, you must be pretty delighted with how things went. Yeah, it was a um, strong sale, Megan. Yeah, there was plenty of nice horses, and um, obviously it was the first sale with with new, fresh four-year-olds in there. So yeah, they were they were popular, and hopefully we got a few nice ones. Yeah, very good. Hopefully a few uh, coming to Cheltenham in the coming years. And Daryl, a regular Betfair superstar, depends on the week how the tipping's going. How are we this week? In good form? Yeah, in, in a great, great mood this week, Meg. Uh, your dad chipped in on Saturday with a couple of winners, Raboud and uh, Solo. We've got that just out in front in, at Kempton. Uh, two of those on side, as well as our power, our power and uh, the Nat Nusray for the weekend brief, Betfair weekend briefing, which you can watch every Friday. Um, Carol, went in we as well. about this. <laughs> well, I can't plug my other shows. <laughs> No, well, that, that as well, but new threat, remember? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. my pronunciation Mom. of some of these horses you'll find is uh, absolutely shocking. I can't believe you couldn't remember. We even talked about has anyone been to the Salt Bay restaurants? But anyway, um, and our star guest this week, Brendan Duke. Well, when we asked how we wanted to introduce you, you sort of refused to be called a professional punter, which Daryl. I'm not sure if he's delighted or gutted about that because he needs a few good tips. Um, but um, racing enthusiast, and you claim to know all the knowledge. Well, yes, I don't have enough knowledge to be a professional punter, but uh, I, I have friends who do that. And one of them, the best description he, he, uh, I've ever heard of it, he said, it's a hard way to make an easy living. And I think that's uh, that sums it up. It's very very difficult game to make it pay in. But I, I, I do know a thing or two about uh, horse racing, yeah. Well, hopefully you've got some good tips for us uh, throughout the Friday card. But thanks very much for joining. And also, you switched over because I believe last week you were on one of our other podcasts, mm. um, Racing Only Better. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, uh, they're going for crossover appeal. Well, that's one way of looking at it. The other could be they're trying to get rid of me. But let's go with the first. <laughs> well, and also, I just like to you know put it out there. You've now joined the Better Pod. You're just having a warm up, and you know making sure you were able to join our one. I think that was it was a test. Oh, oh, I like that. I like I like that even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Right, we better actually get down to the nitty gritty stuff and into the races. The first of those on the Friday is the JCB Triumph Hurdle. Very much an Irish-dominated field, um, especially after horses were arguably pretty disappointing in, in the Adonis at uh, Kempton on the weekend. Uh, we've got a six or four favourite, pretty short. Um, Brendan, we'll start with you, Lofty Mouth. Is she a filly that you're with or against? Yeah, I thought she was just very hard to get get away from. I mean, her 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 form is so solid; it's tied in with uh, comfort zone. And Nosrat Nosrat went in at the, the the weekend in Kemp Kempton, and comfort zone is just a really solid horse. She was unlucky at the Dublin Racing Festival, beaten two and a half lengths by Gallimar. So now she wouldn't have won by. 10 lengths or anything, but I, I I think she would have won, but for the couple of misfortunes that, that befell her. And I think this track will suit her more than Gallimar. So, I mean, she's just such a keen sort. She was, she, she, she was keen in Leopardstown over Christmas and well beaten by Lassie Mouth. She didn't settle all that much better at the Dublin Racing Festival. Now, she obviously has a big engine, but you'd worry two miles, one furlong on the new course in Cheltenham. It's a pr pretty severe stamina test for a juvenile. So I'm not I'm, I'm not sure about her. And Blood Destiny, uh, very likeable horse. And I suppose if you could believe the form of the last day when he, when he beat Nusrat by 20 lengths, that that looks a savage effort, but Nusrat didn't jump great uh, towards the end of uh, that race, so I, I think he might have been flattered, but the, the other snag with him is he's the likely front runner, and I'm just not gone on front runners at this track again, because it is such a severe stamina test, so I thought, all in all, she added up to being the right favourite, and I, I wouldn't be laying her at 6-4. 
Well, interesting. I know that one of our other panellists is certainly keen on Blood Destiny, and I, I think he'll be disagreeing uh, with part of what he said. Daryl, <laughs> you absolutely love this horse, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do love this horse. Um, it's just a, not not as a pat on the back or anything, but just to, just to say to the listeners that he went up in the in the Cheltenham Focus column at thirty three to one for this race on the back of his O'Toy effort. His O'Toy effort was uh, followed directly after over the same course and distance by Lossy Mouth. He was twenty lengths fast faster on the circuit time. It was really quite impressive. Uh, he obviously went to Willie Mullins. Um, Bo Zenith, the winner there, went to uh, to Gary Moore. Um, they've gone two different ways. Blood Destiny went out of cork. I thought he was really impressed. Thought, thought he jumped slickly. Thought he was powerful at the finish. He took a long while to warm up. Sir Allen in second has come out and, and give the form a good boost. He's rated 127. At Fairy House, yeah, you could probably argue there was a few in behind, probably looking with an eye on the Boodle's handicap. Perhaps there are the 18 lengths does flatter him. But there was a moment in that race where the gap was closing. Jerry Hallen told you, Jerry Hallen, the commentator, told you that uh, his lead was diminishing. But the moment Paul Townend nudged him down the shoulder, uh, he really took off and... Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's open to to so much improvement. I think he is uh, a horse that we'll be seeing over further in the future. I think his stamina will be no problem at all for this course. I think it will suit him. Um, and to be honest, I don't see a lot wrong with him. I think he's the one in the field that's got the considerable potential that we're we're sort of looking for. Um, the ground people will start knocking him about ground. They always tend to do this on with horses that have won a couple of races on on soft ground. Now the times in France would suggest it wasn't that soft. So I wouldn't worry about any quicker going for him in terms of being a front runner. I don't think he has to. In O'Toy, he was held up at the rear of the field. He's just given tons to do. Um, I just think they've kept it very simple with him. It's not often that you see Willie Mullins describe a horse as a fair tool. That's what he said about Blood Destiny. I think he's quite exciting. I think Gala Marcia and Lossy Mouth, as Brendan said, there's not much between them at all. Even their sectional times from two out to the finish were very, very similar at the Dublin Racing Festival. I'll just have Lossy Mouth just to edge it over her when they meet in the Triumph Hurdle. But I don't think Lossy Mouth has proven her stamina. That would be the big question for me. She's won all of her races in sort of sprint finishes. Uh, she's got a lovely turn of foot. She's very athletic. Um, I just think Blood Destiny is going to have the more improvement to come and uh, I'm quite excited about him. I think uh, I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be backing him to the hill on the day. So I'm quite excited about him, yeah. The three horses we've mentioned have all been trained by or are trained by Willie Mullins um, and he has four of the six at the top of the market. Another one of those is Zenta and Jerry, you wanted to sort of mention him at a bit of a bigger price, 20 to one. He's only had the two starts, but he's unbeaten. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to mention just uh, just one question I have as well for kind of more obviously for the lads because from a punter's point of view, why like should there be such a big price difference at the moment between Lossy Mouth and Blood Destiny? Should they not be, be a bit closer in the market? You probably could argue that. Yeah, you, you could, but it's different. It's two different form lines coming together here. I think um, you can mm. sort of tie them in very loosely with each other, but. Um, look, Lossy Mouth was favourite for this race before anyone had even run at the very start of the season at 10 to 1. Um, I think that it's very difficult to tie those form lines in very strongly, given that a lot of the horses in behind these two were probably having one eye on handicaps down the line. So I think the market's been a little bit cautious, but I, I would argue with you, Gerard, say that Blood Destiny should be closer to, to Lossy Mouth in the market, in my opinion, especially given that mares have got, I think since 2000, Snowdrop won this race. Mares are one for one for 27, uh, and those priced below 12 to 1 are, are zero for 11. Obviously, the winner was Burning Victory. It was a somewhat fortunate winner, given Gosham was 10 lengths clear. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would I would say, yes, they should be uh, in a long way of going about it. Jay. Yeah, they should be closer together. I think yeah, no, there's I, half I, an, an uh, sorry, Jerry. I, I think there's half a notion too that uh, Town End will ride Lossy Mouth because I mean, looking yes. at the way the bet, looking at the way the bet is, yeah. Well, I do just based on he, he's got some unfinished business. He's going to be a bit sour about what happened at the Dublin yeah. Racing Festival. He might want to make amends. Now, like they're six to four and nine to four. It's not a definite that he'll ride her, but I, I feel like he'll he'll probably lean towards her. And if he rides her, she has to be fast. Jeez, I, I, I think I think he'll find it very hard. I know I agree about unfinished business, but I think he'll find it very hard to get off Blood Destiny. Okay. I don't know. I like that's what, like I, I have no inside information there. That's only me guessing. But that that's then it's interesting. Um, but yeah, Megan Deffy back to Zenta. I just thought she she made her um her Irish debut only at the weekend. 
Um, she's probably Philly coming in under the radar. I did, I was at Kempton this morning and I just mentioned to A.P. McCoy whether she might be a Philly to go for the triumph. And he said she probably will. She hasn't actually been in Willie's for that long. Her jumping was a bit kind of lackadaisy late on the last day at Ferry House just at the weekend. But I think she'll sharpen up for it. And don't don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting her to come there and beat the two kind of short price favourites. But I just think she could be a filly there that sneaks into the money. And uh, she's a big price, and I think just think she if she if like none runner no bet, I think she's not a bad each way shout at twenty to one. Yeah, sorry, I, when I said obviously she's two from two, that's over a hurdle. She she did actually run on the flat as well when she finished third, so she's got a bit of experience actually racing. Um, but yeah. it's it's massively Irish dominated the market here. Um, in fact, I don't even know that we're going to have many English runners, Sherry, do you think? No, and I think, like, I don't see Gary Moore probably running Jupiter de Geese. Um, they'll run, obviously, Bo Zenith, who won at Haydock the last day, but mm-hmm. I don't think that form's good enough to to line up in any of this Irish form. Um, and I suppose Fergal O'Brien might run his Phil's de Roy, but I just... Like I said, the form is not strong enough. I do think, I suppose, Ben Pauling has got Samuel Spade, but I think he had his third run at Huntington the other day to qualify for the Boodles. So I think a lot of these will try to get into the Boodles as opposed to going for the Triumph. None of the British have run above above one above that low 130s mark anyway, to be honest with you. Uh, like uh, you mentioned Jupiter de Geek there. He's, he's a big price if he does run because that Newbury performance was really taking. The form has worked out quite well there. Obviously, he threw his chance away by pulling like a train at Shelton next time. But he, he sort of one that's got the potential to perhaps improve past that sort of 130 mark that the, all these British horses seem to have been running to this season. Uh, and that includes Comfort Zone as well, who's as short as 10 to 1 in here. He would be for me. But you, you're looking at I trying, just, to, trying to run I just to get 145. The, I just get the impression, Daryl, like from Gary Moore and Jamie, I just don't think the horse will allow himself to improve, if you know yeah. what I mean. I think he's he's very hard on himself at home. And he we all saw what he did at Chatham. I think like he could be there could be massive potential <coughs> there going forward, but I just don't think he allows himself to, yeah, to be progressive. You know? Hopefully he won't run because I'll get my, my non-runner money back on him. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we we all agree very Irish dominated and, and pretty much arguing that it's between the top two in the in the market. I think um that like you guys were saying, it, it would depend who Paul ends up riding and that could be hugely influential on who goes off favour on, on the day or even fr- from, from the moment of declaration, the market could switch if he ends up on Blood Destiny, but we'll see. Um, we spent plenty of time on that race, so we better have a look at race two, which is the county hurdle. We found the handicap pretty tricky to go through on the other day so far, but because we're two weeks closer, it's making everything a little bit easier. Um, and we're kind of not guessing quite so much. So hopefully we, we do a better job at these handicaps. Um, Jerry, we'll start with you. At the moment, eight to one is Pembroke for Dan Skelton. You quite like this horse. We've got he's, he's joint second favourite. Three of them are, uh, are in at eight to one at the moment. So he's really in with a, with a big shout. Yeah, and I suppose, like you said, I suppose, like you said, there we're not we're not guessing as much, but we're still kind of we're still trying to work out what races these horses go for, and sometimes it's going to come down to you know how many they're running in each race and what gets balloted out and what gets a run and stuff like that. But Pembroke, I think he's a very interesting horse. To me, I don't think he saw out the two and a half around Cheltenham the last day, and um, that's why I think he'd be a very interesting horse going back in trip for the county. Um, I think he's a very progressive horse. We've seen Dan Skelton win this race before. Um, I think, like I suppose we've touched on before, the English, we probably might be struggling in the grade one races. So I think it's probably important that we have a few live chances in the handicaps. And I think this lad is one of them. Um, I would be keen to see him back over two miles, fast run two miles around there. I think it would really suit him. And I know he got beat, but at least he does. He didn't go down. He didn't get beaten too far the last year on Cheltenham. So he does act around the track. And I do think the horse that beat him of Sid Hosey's, I do think he's probably a decent animal as well, you know. So I just think Pembroke, I think he's, um, I think he could be mapped out for this race. Jerry, do you think he needs plenty of rain? His sort of wins have come with, with sort of juice in the ground, or is that just by chance he's had to run on that? Yeah, I think it's probably, I don't think it's necessary, but maybe Dan Skelton might tell me different, but I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Okay, interesting. I, I think, you know, looks like it's going to be fairly dry and a bit colder building up to Cheltenham. So obviously the forecast can change as we well know, um, but I don't think it looks as if it's going to be sort of 
soft and heavy. Um, no doubt there'll be plenty of water. That's another matter. Um, Brendan, we'll go to you with one of the horses that you quite like in this race. Also eight to one, Gin Coco. Hmm. Jim Coco, uh, who who has got uh, 135, has the, the the mark has been left left alone as you'd expect with an English horse. Filey Bay got another four. He's up to 141, uh, which um, well, I mean, fair enough. It's a very eye catching effort in the bet fair hurdle. Uh, Jim, yeah, Jim Coco, I just thought was interesting uh, be, um, because he's so unexposed. <laughs> he does look at a competitive mark. I mean, he's second in the Great Wood. He caught a bit of a tartar that day, and I, I, I like to move it. I mean, I actually think I like to move it. Finished third in, in the champion hurdle. He's a, he's a right good horse, certainly in the context of, of a handicap. And it was miles back to the third. Now, it probably wasn't the strongest renewal of the Great Wood. That's, that, that, that's a fair point. But th- this horse is totally unexposed. Once good ground, I mean... Maybe they just, after the Great Wood, they, they, they just looked at the mark 135 and said, we'll put him away for the county hurdle. Now, I, mm. I had a very quick look this morning. I think when I counted them, he was 41 on the list. But 135 normally gets you in. And between double entries and horses not going and what have you, I'd expect him to, to, to get into the race and uh, offer a competitive mark with the potential to improve. I, I, I thought he was just about the most likely winner of the race. Yeah, interesting. Um, his form certainly worked out quite well. I like to move it fairly bolted up in Canton recently um, and put up an impressive performance. Um, one of those who is right at the top of the weights is Sharjah, 10 to 1. Um, Daryl, you quite like him. It'd be his first run, if he does go this way, in a handicap for absolutely years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, like, I don't know if he's going to go this way at all. He could just pitch up somewhere in the champion hurdle um, again, but his, his course form, it just takes the eye uh, anyway. And Willie Mullins did this sort of thing with Arctic fire a few years ago. And those at the, uh, those towards the top of the weights in this contest over the years, they tend to have a good record. I mean, you go back through, you look at the likes of, we have a dream. Lammy surge was actually second to Arctic fire. They were one, five, nine, one, five, two in, in 2017. Uh, Petit Mouchoir has done it. Uh, obviously a former sort of champion hurdle contender. Um, I thought it, he would be very interesting if he come here, big field, strong pace, decent ground. Um, and he is a class act. Uh, I thought he took a little bit of a backward step at Goran last time, but they went so steadily. that He just didn't really favour him. The ground was probably against him as well. It was a disappointing performance. You can make all the excuses you like, but I think a bit of spring ground back at Cheltenham and a nice big hustle and bustle of a handicap um, would really suit him. Um, I think... I think he's a horse that I think he's he's a horse that if he was if he was a notch below the level he's been running at for the last few years, I think he would have been a highly progressive handicapper because I just think big field events would suit him down to the ground, given the way he, he travels through his races. So I think he's interesting. Look, he's 10 to 1 non-runner no bet. That's a decent price. Like if he if he was to turn up 10 to 1, I'd be very, very keen on that price. Um whether or not he'll go here, I don't know. But with a non-runner money back um offer, you can you know, you can take your chance at 10 to 1. So he's interested. I just wanted to ask Brendan quickly, actually, about Ginger, uh, about Jin uh, Coco. Do you think the omission of the hurdles in the Great Wood helped or hindered him? Well, I don't know. I mean, because the horse has only run in, 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 in novice hurdles. So, I, I mean, it's very, he, he jumped the ones that were there pretty well. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to lean towards hindered. But then that's yeah. what you do when, when you're make, making a case for a horse. Um yeah, I, I, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a very strong traveller. Yeah, I've seen no real evidence. Uh, jumped pretty well in Punchestown. There's a, there, there was a big race at the Punchestown Festival. Um, it's, it's either a novice hurdle or one of those Martinstown series. I can't actually remember off the top of my head. Went off fab for that. Uh, yeah, they, would you have some concerns about his jumping? No, no, I wouldn't. I was, I was actually going to say that I thought that if the last was in that day, I thought he would have finished a little bit closer to I like to move it because he, it, they had to admit the last come round. I like to move it already had that first run and that momentum with him. And uh, he just struggled well, to sort of pick him up going well, around the hurdle as opposed to if they were flying over it, I thought he would got a bit closer. And this is a fair point because I like to move it has reinvented himself as a good jumper now at Wincant yeah. because he, he wasn't up until then. So, yeah, that's an interesting um, interestingly, we have obviously the more battle um, on this weekend, next weekend. I'm getting my weekends muddled up. Um, and we've got horses, obviously, that tried to do the double. Now, quite a lot of them have got entries, obviously, at Kelso and then here in the county hurdle. 
One of those, Jerry Hackett, a plus 16 to 1 for the county. He's likely to go to Kelso first. But do you think that's doable? We've obviously seen it um, only a couple of years ago where we had a horse win the bonus, underground bonus, um, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of people trying to do it again. Yeah, but it's like it sounds great in theory, but it's so hard to do. And that's why it was just a massive training feat last year from Evan Mullins and Paul Byrne and you know it was but I do think it was probably a well thought out plan they had that plan in their mind for a long time whereas sometimes it's one of those like nowadays it might just kind of sneak up on you but it's it's not ideal you need like you need to have a lot of confidence well in yourself as a trainer I'd imagine but in your horse as well that he takes his race well um you know yeah it's it's a lot easier said than done but it's worth to try because a lot of horses if they win the more battle you know they mightn't it's it's an easier option it's a big it's a big pot to win um it's definitely worth to try and you know if you've got do, a tough sound horse it must be easier to do it that way around than the imperial cup at sundown obviously they, they, the double that they used to do there that was only sort of a week or not even so that you know kelso this weekend gives them more time yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the ground won't be as testing up in Kelso either as it would be at Sandown. But yeah, it's like you said, fair play. And it's a great initiative by the sponsors to put on the, the bonus because it does entice people and like it worked last year. And it'll be, um, do, you, do you think he'll pull it off this year? Oh, I don't know. I just knew he's got double entry. So you use him as a good example. It's not easy, <laughs> right. like you said. I do love Hacker de Plus because he's so tough. Um, and he is the type of horse, if anyone was going to do it, be him. But you don't. You almost needs something that's exceptionally well handicapped. Um, and Hacker's obviously won already this season, so he, he might not be um, the perfect candidate. But I just thought it was interesting that obviously there's plenty of these horses that have got both entries and if if either of them went both directions. Um, yeah. So, yeah, certainly keep an eye on that. And whoever does win the more battle, keep an eye on them to chat them because unless the horse has got um, something wrong with it, then very likely that they'll be turning up to try and go for the bonus. Um, okay, race three, and we have a grade one, the Albert Bartlett, so another novice, this time for the Stayers. Um, we've got a favourite at the moment, Corbett's Cross, five to one. Daryl, we'll start with you. I think you quite like this horse, right? Yeah, I thought he was really impressive at Nice, um, beating Fan fan of 50 uh, the other day. I thought it was a cracking, cracking contest. It was over two miles. The slight concern with him is, right, is that Emmett Mullins come out and said, now he's going to supplement him for a few other races. He could, he could as he, he's just as likely to end up over fences next time as he is over hurdles. So, God knows what's going to going to happen and where he's going to go and what he's going to do. If he is supplementing for other races, I would take that as a negative. Um, obviously, if if they leave it, then it's going to be a positive in the way that they're thinking going forward. Um, he, he's definitely a talented horse, that's for sure. He won over three miles the time before at Fairy House. Um, form's not that great of that of that race to be honest with you um but he is an improving horse that's for sure he's got speed you do need two mile speed as well i think to to win an albert bartlett so it's good that he's versatile he's a really likable horse you'd probably want to try and keep him on side wherever he goes really uh i thought um a race i just wanted to quickly touch on if that was okay was that the hidden valley lake race uh, in the mercedes-benz novice last time when he i thought we were about to do a switch i thought you were going to go on tuesday in the no, no, oh, no. No, on tuesday. <laughs> in, in the uh in the uh, clonmel uh, in the uh, mercedes-benz uh hidden valley lake was beaten by monty star now last week i spoke about tahupu and i told you that they went ridiculously slow on the first circuit right around 68 lengths slower on the first circuit than they did on the second well this was 78 lengths slower on the second circuit as it was the first they they really dawdled and it i don't know why rachel was making the running on on hidden valley lake to be honest with you well perhaps there was literally no there was literally no pace in the race but i didn't think it suited hidden valley lake turning into a sprint down the home straight i thought he did really well to only be beaten half length in all honesty um and i think he wants a much stiffer test of stamina which he'll get here so i think he he'll be able to reverse that monty star form the other thing i would just touch on is if you do like monty star for this Try and have another angle into back of him as opposed to that run at Clonmel because that run did not prove his stamina. And that was him stepping up to three miles for the first time, I believe, other than his point to point. So I would just sort of tread lightly with, with, with that particular race if that's the way you're gonna back if, if you're gonna back Monty Star on the back of that that run. I, I I'm still keeping faith with, with Hidden Valley Lake at the moment. I think he's a fair price at seven to seven to one on the sports book. And uh 
yeah, I, I, I do quite like him. Uh, they didn't even record a top speed figure for that race at, uh, at Clonmel, so I'll tell you how slow they went. Yeah, that's really interesting. There certainly won't be um, lack of pace in, in any of the Cheltenham exactly. races, that's, that's for sure. So stamina will certainly um, have to be taken into account. Uh, Jerry and Brendan, you've actually both um, gone for a horse, the same horse, absolute notion. So, Brendan, we'll start with you. He's 10 to 1 at the moment. Mm. Um, how come he sort of tickles your fancy? Well, it's the trip, isn't it? He looks at he, he looks just a dour stayer. I mean, in Nace, he made the run in a Nace on his penultimate start, actually, but didn't go fast enough and was ultimately done done for speed. But that in the pocket ran well at, at the Dublin Racing Festival at a rate that form. Then he steps up a couple of furlongs for the Grade One novice hurdle at the Dublin Racing Festival. Again, he was a little bit on his head through most of the race, but he really stuck on. He's a, he's a really good attitude. I'd probably prefer a horse with a little bit more experience for this race, generally. I mean, he's, he's won a bumper and he's running three novice hurdles, but um, he, he, he looks a fairly straightforward sort. He's going to enjoy the tempo this race is, is, is going to be run at. I mean, I, like Daryl, was hugely impressed by Corbett's Cross at, at the weekend. I really think that was a proper race. Found a 50, had had won a, a novice hurdle in a fair, fair maiden hurdle, should I say, in Fairy House previously, beating a well-regarded horse of Willie Mullins. And the time boys got very excited about that run, and I'd say that they could be onto something. But what I thought looking at it was that Corbett's Cross, there's a good chance now he will be supplemented for the Ballymore. I'm not sure what it's like in, in England. I, I, I assume it's the same over here. It's about 10%. So it's be about 10 grand to supplement for the Ballymore. I mean, they must have been just looking at him. It's, it's slightly counterintuitive because he won on heavy ground uh, over three miles the previous time. So you think, oh, he's definitely proven his stamina. But it was off a mark of 130. So he could have just outclassed them. I mean, he was the last horse off the bridle in Nace on, on Sunday. As I said before, I really rate that form. I think they're going to be having a very close look at the Ballymore as, as opposed to the, this race. If he runs here, I'll back him and Absolute Notions. But um, I, I, I'm convinced Absolute Notions will run here. And I think he'll run well. OK, so you've kind of chosen him because... He's a more likely runner rather than because he's the one that you fancy the most. Well, uh, yeah, I could be totally barking up the wrong tree. I mean, Corbett's Cross only has one entry at Cheltenham. So they were absolutely going for the uh, Albert Bartlett. But then I'd say they were half surprised with the with, with the cruising speed he showed on Sunday. Yeah, OK, interesting. Um, we'll keep an eye on any supplementary entries. They tend to happen sort of in the last week building up. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that. Um, Jerry. You like absolute notions as well, but before you give us a line on him, I just wanted to mention a horse you actually brought up in the last race, which linked him with some form. What my way for Sid Hosey? He's 14 to 1. Um, it seems as if he's going to go this way because he said he absolutely will not take on Hermes Allen. So it looks as if he's going to be going for the Albert Bartlett. Yeah, and I just, if you look at the betting there, you're kind of struggling to find an English runner, really, aren't you? Like, I know, obviously, I think your dad intends on running Stay Away Fay there, I think, listening at the stable yeah. tour yesterday. But it is going to be Irish-dominated race again. And that's, like I said, that's before the flag's even gone down, never mind what actually crosses the line, which is a bit frustrating. But, uh, yeah, he's a horse, I do think... There's a lot to come from. He's an absolute giant of a horse. He's about 17 hands, if not a bit witted. He's a gorgeous big horse. He's going to end up being a lovely staying chaser. Um, and I just do think he probably, if he goes three miles, he doesn't need to make the running. He's very versatile that way. I know Warren Ewing, who's obviously a very good point-to-point -point producer, he had him in his point-to-point -point days and he's really rated him. He probably didn't make the money at the sales that he wanted for him. But at the same time, it's he you couldn't knock his performance at Cheltenham the last day. Uh, but I, I do think he doesn't need to make the running. So I think over three miles, I think they'd be happy enough to take a lead. Mm -hmm. um, but the race, the race in general, is wide open, isn't it? And like I said, that's why I've just kind of landed on two horses, really, is Absolute Notions and Three Card Brag. I think they're two very unexposed. Well, they haven't ran over three miles, so you've got that unexposed angle with them. They have a bit of line. They have a line of form together at Nace, but it was a messy enough race. They didn't go very quick, and then obviously the last flight of hurdles was omitted, and it got a bit messy. Obviously, three card Bragg then dropped back and won his maiden hurdle the last day. Dropped back in class and got the job done, and it was good. Got a bit of a confidence booster. Um, and I think he goes for this race. I'm kind of getting that impression that he'll he'll go for this race as opposed to handicap or anything like that. And absolute notions. I think like this horse was impressive in the Land Rover bumper at Punchdown last year. Um, 
he's just a horse that's kind of going under the radar. He's got good grade one place for him this year. And I still think the best is to come from him. You know, he's bred to get further. And I think the fact he hasn't gotten three miles yet, I just think they've been keeping up their sleeve a small bit. And I think Cheltenham, we might just see a big performance from this sort. And I do think he's overpriced in a wide open race. I do think he's overpriced at 10 to 1. Interesting. Very okay, nice. I was hoping you were going to say we've got an overpriced one at 25 to 1 because I like it when you guys throw in some big prices. 10 to 1, overpriced. <laughs> the favourite's 5 to 1, come on. Yeah, exactly. It's wide open. I just, I think he should be short in 10 to 1. I think he should be. Have we got any big prices? Come on, we haven't, we've, we've talked about three races and we've had all the favourites, basically. Surely what someone's about, got What about prices. stay away fame, Megan? Come on, one yeah, well, for the British. One. When we talked about him a couple of months ago, he's like 33 to 1. Do you, I think you were the one who actually liked to make made the point on that. Well, I, anyways, one of you did. Um, and I had to sort of, oh no, it was Charlie. Maybe Charlie when he came yeah, on it was as Charlie. our guest. Yeah, yeah he, he threw it in there as his, his big price um, horse to look out for. Yeah, he's going to go um, slightly frustrating when he got beat at Doncaster, but probably learned plenty in doing so because it was a bit of a messy race. Um, He's been doing plenty of work with Hermes Allen and they are not far apart at the moment on their homework and Stayaway Face seems to have improved from Doncaster. So he is still a big prize. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the frame because the faster they go, the better. He would he will probably end up being like a national horse in time. And so he certainly has the stamina. Um, yeah. But 16 to 1, I was one, I, every now and then, or every week, we have one race where everyone throw, someone throws in, bang, 40 to 1, love it. Rubbish, we're about 10 to 1 biggest price today, and that's overpriced. Oh. Hey, I have got 100 to 1 shot later on, or an 80 to 1 shot later on, so... Hey, you're not a fan of a thousand percent returns on investment, Megan, no? <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, we're moving on to our next race. <laughs> The big race of the week. It is the Gold Cup. Oh, I just don't want to say it again, but it seems Irish dominated again, which is so boring. Um, but we'll start with some of the English contenders. Uh, at the moment, 11-1 to 1 Protector Act. Jerry, let's start with you. Um, Dan Skelton remains pretty positive that this horse can turn around his form from his most recent run at Chapman. Yeah, and I think fair play to Dan. He's been very positive. Like, I was very disappointed in that day. You know, I thought I thought it was his race to lose. And I just, I, I don't know, like, like Dan came out after and said he probably didn't have him fit enough for the day and probably thought he was probably, you know, trying to keep it a bit up his sleeve and kind of really tune him for Chetlam. Um Why do they do know. that? Why do they? That annoys the hell out of me, that does. <laughs> say it beforehand. Why not say, oh, I don't think he's quite fit enough? Don't come out after the race and say, oh, I left too much to work on. That's, and you've had your £10 on, Daryl. That's nonsense, that is. That <laughs> drives me mad. And, you know, like you know, you're, like everyone knows nowadays how fit you need to be to be even competing at that level. So, it's yeah, I know. I, know, I, know, I can see where you're coming from, Daryl. It's a bit frustrating at times. But, yeah, like I said, I was disappointed, simple as. I thought, you know, it was he needed to go and win that day to kind of cement himself in kind of in the top three or four in the betting for the gold cup. Um, I, I was disappointed with him and I, I, he wrote, he like he ran a big race in it last year, Chatham last year. I think he'll run a big race this year, but I'd, I'd be surprised if he wins it. Um, he wouldn't be horse. I'd be siding with now, especially at those sort of prices. He's actually shorter than a voice and your, do you think that's correct? I suppose a voice and your, I suppose he got his jumping together a bit better the last day. Um, like and it's just you have to admire Lucinda's and Scudamore's their their faith and their belief in this horse is incredible and mm. you have to admire it and they do think there is a massive one in this in this horse someday and it, like you said it wouldn't be like put it this way if we if we met at the, on Friday at Cheltenham this year at the end of the racing and Hoy Senor won the Gold Cup it would not be the biggest surprise in the world because he's he has the ability to run a massive race he has he has course form and um, whether he's jumping and everything just comes together on the day it'll be interesting but. For me, I just can't get away from the favour. I'm going to be so boring here, but you know, galloping the champ, he's just so solid. Like I do, I was very impressed with Brave Man's game the last day at, at Kempton. I loved the way he saw the race out and really, you know, hit the line strong. And 
regardless of whether Venetia's horse was right or wrong, he put, you know, he put that race to bed very quickly. But for me, I just think Gallup and Deschamps, he's just so solid. I know people are trying to say, will he stay? But I don't think that'd be an issue. And I just, I'm going to be very, very boring and bland here and go with the favourite. Yeah, you love a favourite, don't you? Um, Constitution Hill, John Bond, you know, all of these, absolute certainty's favourite, won by a more than eight lengths. Um, right, <laughs> Carol, <laughs> and you're going to bore me as well now because you're going for the favourite too, aren't you? Oh. Yeah, I am, but I've got a more important question <laughs> at a minute. Jerry, why has Shishkin come in on the Betfair Sportsbook from 20 to 1 into 8 to 1? Oh, Daryl, come on. No. No, please don't tell me they're thinking, they are thinking about going for this race. They're surely not, are they? Do you want another bombshell? Do it to me, Jerry. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. They went down runner no bed on Tuesday. Is that what I know? This Shishkin, Shishkin, if he gets to tell them, he's going to the Ryanair, simple as I think, you know. It was funny, like when I'd ask Scott, last well Saturday two weeks ago whatever and we were in the um, we were in the owners trainers afterwards and Nikki asked me to look up to see what price Shishkin was for the Gold Cup or the Ryanair like this was an hour after the race and I said he's 10 to 1 for the Gold Cup and he's 11 to 10 for the Ryanair and he just he just smiled he said that's kind of now not that that was kind of the deciding factor but it just kind of goes to show you you try to run in the race that you're, you're most likely to win yeah. and uh, I think that'll be and it, not that he won't get the trip he'll get the trip nobody in the Gold Cup if he wanted to go that trip um, I know he's a, he, you know, he's not a young horse, and he'll be probably somebody who goes for next year. But he's a lightly raced horse, so yeah, that'll be for next. That'll be next year's project. I think there. Happy days, yeah. Galloping the champs um, for, for for me, mate. God, oh, I've said this a couple of times now. Like the three horses that came past me on the rail at the DRF that re- really just lit me up, and I thought we're, we're absolute beasts. We're, we're galloping the champs, the uh, mighty Potter and Al Fabiolo. Uh, those are the three I, I took away from the meeting, wanting to keep on side. Look, it wasn't. It wasn't a real test of stamina for, for Galloping Deschamps at, at Leopardstown. Um, but. Sorry, Daryl, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at when you said Al Fabiolo. Jerry just laughs every time. No, <laughs> my, I, was, I was actually no, I was actually going to question how many pints had you at that stage, Daryl, when you were looking at these three horses galloping by? You might have been faced the wrong way. They were probably, they were probably going to post. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, he just really, Galloping Deschamps just really impressed me the way he quickened away. I, I, I like him. I like the fact that he's got that speed. The last year, I mean, I said before that, um, before the race last year when he ran in the turn, is that he, at the DRF, he, he would have won the champion chase on the card at the DRF. Um, the, the time he, he clocked going around there. So that, that would probably be a slight concern for a gruelling test over three miles two of a stiff finish at Cheltenham um, for, in terms of stamina. But, he stayed well enough over hurdles. I, I just, I don't really see any chinks in his armour. The one thing I did want to see from him was, was his jumping under pressure. Now, I mentioned before that that was one one concern because when he was over hurdles, he jumped beautifully until he was under pressure off the bridle when he when he went through the, the final hurdle at, uh, at Punchestown um, last year or the year before. He, he jumped perfectly fine under pressure. Now I'm just really struggling to find any holes in him. And uh, yeah, I think he's... Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's got a massive chance at the top of the market. If anyone was going to beat him, who would it be? I, look, I think Brave Man's game is a very solid each way bet. I think I, I really do. And I've said before that jumping those first four fences are very, very important. He, if if Harry can get him in the first quartet and just lob around there, I think he's going to jump and travel. And I think he's a, he's a, he's a great each way bet. Um, whether or not he's going to have the grit at the finish against a gallop into Champs or a Noble Yates. That, that we'll find out. But I do think the way he travels and jumps for a race will give him every chance of hitting the frame. And he's around, what, eight to one, seven to one. I think that's a very fair each way bet. I would say him, Brave Man's game, would probably be as big as danger. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't even know if we are, but if we're meant to be doing a podcast a week after the festival uh, to like round you know everything up and talk about it, if Brave Man's Games won, there is absolutely the country. hell that I'm making a pod because I don't know where I'll be. Or <laughs> I, I just, I don't know if I'll still be crying, if I'll still be hungover. I don't know. I just, I'd lose my mind. Um, <laughs> just to put it out there, warning everyone, don't expect me to be on another pod. Um, Brendan, you wanted to mention an eight to one chance Statler. Uh, he's one that obviously the other, the other two haven't mentioned yet, uh, but he's worth... Your money? 
Well, yes, I, 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 I too am struggling to get away from the fab. It's just, it's just the price. Well, it's, I mean, it should always be the price in fairness, because as Daryl mentioned, he didn't prove his stamina in Leopardstown. Now, he absolutely burst through the line, but they, it was a very unusual ride Kenboy got that day. And it was ultimately a speed test. So this is such a savage stamina test. And I it's usually a strongly run race. I mean, you can get uh, Gold Cup, Cheltenham Gold Cup, should I say, uh, that, that, that are run at, uh, at a slow tempo, but they're, they're pretty rare. And I suppose between a high senior, Hewick, Manella, Indo, there's probably enough pace in the race to make sure that it's well run. And that, I mean, They've they've got to try something because if they let it turn into a speed test, Gallop and Deschamps will just win. And Statler, yeah, this Statler's an interesting horse. I mean, he's he's been made for stay and trips. Last year he started off, he struggled a little bit with his jumping, but it got better as the season progressed. And he was absolutely brilliant here in the three mile six furlong novice. Uh, Chase, uh, he, he he never m- missed defence. Then he came back and he actually didn't jump great in Tremor for whatever reason when just getting beaten in the neck by Manelli. And I didn't get a great ride that day either. Probably should have won. Jumped better in Leopardstown. Again, the way the race was run wouldn't have suited him at all. I could see him getting closer to Gallop and Deschamps, but eight lengths is a lot to make up. However, eight to one, it's a sport in each way price and he'd be my tentative selection. Right. Okay. Interesting. So, team, uh, the whole team are very much with Gallop and Champ. So, um, I think he's going to be getting shorter and shorter as, as time goes on. Um, could we see an even money favourite for the Gold Cup? I mean, do you think he will? Do you think he will, Brendan? I think he will. Yeah. Irish and especially if, if Willie has a good week, I do think he'll get shorter. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Do you think the Irish will get behind him, Brendan? Um, I'm I'm not sure he can be much shorter than six to four because it, it, well. Maybe I mean Noble Yates is seven to one. He should be seventy to one. So I suppose you could <laughs> you could make a case that <laughs> that he's taken up too much too much of the market. But I mean, Aplutar will have his fans uh, with his record in the race. Brave Man's Game is a very likable and talented horse. Um, and yeah, I don't think he'd be much shorter than six to four. Be interesting to see what happens on the day. Uh, absolutely buzzing for the Gold Cup. Whatever the outcome, it's always a Fascinating race. Um, hope we get to see some more stars. After the Gold Cup, race five is the Gold Cup for the amateurs. It's the Fox Hunters. And uh, probably one that between us we're least looking forward to discussing because it seems to be a really tricky race to try and work out. Half of them have only just got qualified and, and so on. And also, we don't really know who's going to be riding them. And as we mentioned with some of the amateur races before, that can be a huge um, deciding factor on whether we like them or not. Um, so I'm going to test you guys out now because I'm going to throw a few of you. None of you actually put up a horse to necessarily pick or that you were m- madly strong on. So, yeah, I'm going to pick your brains and throw them at you. Um, let's go with Secret Investor, a horse that makes my life easy because I know he's qualified and I know that Natalie Parker will be riding. He's eight to one at the moment. Um, Jerry, we'll start with you. What would your thoughts be on Secret Investor in the Fox Hunters? Yeah, I think he's got a good, I think he's a good each way shout, definitely, Megan, for sure. You couldn't, you, I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't have a good chance there. Like I said, he's been trained, I'd imagine, for the race in mind, maybe with the intention of going on to entry for the Fox Hunters out there afterwards. But yeah, I think regardless of what happens, I think Natalie Park, I think she'll probably get a great ride off him. Um, he'd be definitely a horse. You'd be putting your hand up to ride in the, the Fox Hunters at Cheltenham. I think he's a good, solid, good, solid horse to the race. I think, I suppose, obviously, stating the obvious, I think Daniel Christie or David Christie obviously has, the, has kind of got the... The kind of the, the you know the best handed cards for this for this race. I do think a horse I'm very interested in. I think he'd be horse if I had to back a horse in this race would be Winged Leader. I think he's a horse that's been probably targeted for the race. He's been did, did we did we mention earlier he mightn't be qualified? Is that true, Brendan? Did you mention that earlier? No, 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 no. He is qualified, but the trainer says he might go. He might wait for uh, entry and both. Beausoleil is definitely going for this. And he said wing leader might wait for Adrian, which seems strange given the race he ran last year. You would think mm. he would, he'd, be give, he'd be given the chance to make amends. And, and maybe he will. I mean, we're plumbing the depths of my ignorance now here, Jerry, with this stuff. But it was just an interesting comment from the trainer. That's all. Yeah. And like you said, I think back to what you said there as well, Brendan, about just trying to 
to make up for last year. Like li- literally, he he what he was pipped on the line literally about three strides before, and he was probably in front again after the line. I thought it was absolute heartbreak for Barry O'Neill and the trainer on the day. Um, and especially when it was Willie Mullins again, just adding another winner to their tally. But yeah, I think there's unfinished business with wing leader. I think I think they'd be mad not to go back and try try go one one place better this year. I know it'll probably depend because they've got two or three in in the top four or five in the betting. But yeah, I think wing leader for me. If I had to back a horse in the race, it would be um, Dev. And just and just a quick mention as well of brain power. If I'm not even sure if he goes for this race, but he's just been he's a different horse since going hunter chasing. Warren Ewing are having so much fun him up the north of Ireland. He's winning point to points the whole time. Um, he probably wasn't the most natural over fences when he was in training, but you know he's really got his confidence over point to point fences in Ireland. And he could, if he, like I said, I don't know if he turns up, but he's in the betting. But he'd be a very interesting horse if he turns up. But I'd be definitely siding with winning leader for me in the Fox Hunters. Okay, um, nice that we managed to mention quite a few horses there. Um, all that we kind of think are, are pretty well qualified. Another one who is definitely qualified, uh, seven to one chance, Chris's dream. I'm going to throw him to you, Daryl, a horse that definitely proven his stamina previously and was a pretty classy novice. Oh, he was a very classy horse, wasn't he? Um, he was an excellent horse. He just, he probably just didn't quite fulfill that potential that he, he once offered. Perhaps, um, yeah, he's interested. Look, I'm not going to pretend this race is is any is my forte at all. I don't I don't know enough about it. There's a lot more people that uh, have better information than I have for this contest. Um, the the one thing I would just say is what I do tend to try and do is is look away from sort of those like Chris's dream and and Monoly and etc. Those those top X handicappers that they don't tend to win this race too often, which is the slight concern. Um, I haven't got a strong opinion in the race, Meg. Uh, it'd be good to see the likes of Chris's Dream Secret Investor Monoly line up some old fan favourites. Mm. Um, but for now, this is one of the last races that I'll, I'll look at. And even today, um, I shied away from it a little bit. <laughs> Brendan, are you going to be bolder than what Daryl is and give us one that you like in the race? Or are you saying... No, no, you're, 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 you're going to absolutely hate this. I, I, I Again, I, I wasn't done in the race. And if I was, I'd tip the fav. Two to one in a uh, in a fox hunters. It seems ridiculous. I just I happen to know that I happen to know this Mosley because I was in Punchestown last year. It was one of the, the races of the festival, actually, himself and Billow, and he was so unlucky. He was brilliant. He jumped every fence perfectly, except the last. And he, he was he was traveling all over Billaway, but surely have won. He's only a nine-year-old, I think. I think he's just turned nine, actually. So in, in the context of this race, he's just a pup. Uh, he, he's got a lot going for him, but the bookies haven't missed it, have they? I mean, two to one, he, he's obviously got a really good chance. Okay, so we'll, we'll know a bit more about the Fox Hunters a bit closer to the time. Um, but it is certainly the Amateurs Gold Cup and we wish everyone riding the very best of luck. Um, I always love it when it's a, a sort of small trainer that gets their horse to the festival and if they manage to win, I think that's amazing. Um, the big guns all get their fair fair share at trying to win. Um, is really, I, I do very much enjoy and love the fact that some of the older horses that have lost their way get another chance mm. at, at a bit of a sort of lesser level and try and get their head back in front and enjoy racing again. But I, I do love it when a small yard manages to win the Fox Hunters. Um, right, race six, we have the Mare's Chase. Uh, not going to be a massive field, but we've got a pretty strong favourite, 11-8 Impervious. Um, he's three from three this season. He's been improving, that's for sure. J.P. McManus. Um, I mean, the money has not stopped coming for this Mare, really. Daryl... What's your thoughts? We did touch on her previously. Um, she's won again, obviously, at Punterstown and now goes to Cheltenham. Yeah, she's very hard to knock, to be honest. The form's got a little bit of substance. Um, it seems to work out fairly well. Uh, she's definitely improved for going over fences. She was she was not, not operating at this level over hurdles last term, that's for sure. Um, yeah, she, she's, she's got a bright turn of foot. She stays the trip. Grounds, it doesn't seem to be too much of an issue to her. Um, and she looks a, a solid favourite. She, she's heading the market with Allegory Devassi. Allegory Devassi is one that I'm considering laying, actually. Um, I'm going to wait until the start of the race because that she jumps violently out to the right. And she may well be the best horse in the race, but she's not going to get away with that jump in the way she was at Thurless last time. Um, that was just violently out to the right. And 
that will cause her all sorts of issues. But Dublin and Paul Town are probably try and tuck her away on the inside. So I'd like to see how the race sort of shapes up before having any serious wedge in in, in this contest. Um, the one I did kind of want to touch on was Fantastic Lady for for Nikki uh, Jeff. Um, she obviously improved going up the three miles at Market Raisin and slamming Zambella. I thought she travelled through the race at Cheltenham last time and that handicap one by Midnight River. I thought she travelled lovely, jumped beautifully, um, just sort of was given a bit of an easy time at the finish. Um, is, is this the route she's going to take? Um, I don't know, to be honest, Daryl, is it true? But I have a feeling it wouldn't surprise me if she didn't go to Cheltenham and she was probably aimed for something at Aintree, even the top of them. Um, I like she's an incredible jumper. Like she's she's a gorgeous big mare. She's about sixteen three. She's loads of scope. I know she unseated or she I can't remember if she fell or unseated in the top of last year. But it was just on one of those. And she was a novice last year in the top of two. It was probably a big decision to run her there. Um, and I think she unseated or fell at the chair. So I have a feeling she might go back there for that race and keep her fresh for it. She's probably a filly that probably does want a bit longer between runs. Probably, um, but I have a feeling she might just bypass Cheltenham. Uh, that's not confirmed or anything, but I think she might just bypass Cheltenham, go to entry, and probably go for the top of them or something like that. So I, I wouldn't be rushing into back her at the moment for Cheltenham. Okay, that's that's uh, bad news then. Um, tell me, tell me, Saint Girl is the other horse that I was quite keen on at the start of the season, but she, again, she's not improved for going over fences. She's she. Uh, she she flattered to deceive a little bit of Thurlis last time. May have cut cut each other's throats up front her an instant when they renewed rivalry, but she's just not she's just not the horse she was over hurdles last year over fences. So wouldn't surprise me if they missed this as well. Um yeah, impervious looks very difficult to take on at, at this stage, Meg. Okay, interesting. Um we were gonna have a nice price there for for listeners, but unfortunately mm. it seems zip as if she's not gonna be running. Um so we wait for our last where Daryl promises us a huge price. Um Brendan, Magic Days, ten to one. She mm. is a very likely runner. There's been a bit of support for her in the last week or two as well. Henry de Bromhead. Yes, I, I'm inclined to think like I'm inclined to think they will run. She's 148 in the grand annual. I mean, the thing about the grand annual is it's over two miles. She's never gone this far I, 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 over hurdles or indeed over fences. So it's definitely a question. Now, she is a point winner, but she's she can be a keen going sort, although she's settling better this year. She was way too keen in the Arca last year. Not that she'd have been good enough anyway, but she came back out then and won a competitive handicap in Punchestown. I'm not sure what happened in Clamel on her seasonal comeback this season. Uh, she was beat at two to seven and then she was beating a handicap off 143. But a, a, a revelation of an effort in Nace last time, given Dino Blue four pounds. Uh, she jumped out in front and it really was an immaculate round of jumping. You, 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 you won't see an animal jump, jump as well. And the interesting thing about it is who she beat. She beat Dino Blue, who was tied in on collateral form with imper- Impervious. Now, you have to be careful with collateral form and impervious is a real tough nut. Like she just keeps finding and keeps finding and keeps finding. But, and and you're guaranteed stamina with impervious where you have the worry of, uh, 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 with magic days. However, I can't get over the disparity in price between the two of them, given that they're basically the same horse on that dino blue form. One is 11 to eight and one is 10 to one. So with the caveats that she might go for the grand annual but I, 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 but I still think they will go here because it's a prestigious graded race and she's 148 in the grand annual. I think they'll go here. I think she'll jump out in front and they'll do well to keep up with her in the jump and stakes and she might just hang on. I think there's a much stronger chance of her being able to make the running and get her own way in front in the mares than she's in the grand annual. I think she's, she's not going to get an easy lead in that, that is for sure. So potentially that's part of the reason why she might go there. Um, okay, our final race of the whole festival is the Martin Pike's Conditional Jockeys Handicap Hurdle. It's always got a full field. It's total carnage, if we're honest. All but impossible to try and find a winner. But I'm sure, Daryl, 100 to 1, I think you said, 80 to 1 or something. Come on, who have you got? Surely. Let, let, let's not build this up too much. I mean, oh, <laughs> um, it's a horse for, for Martin Brazel, who, who has got an entry in the Coral Cup as well. Um, so 
may not be be going here. But this race is a type of race you want to look for, like novices or those second season sort of hurdlers. Um, an epic song is the horse that interests me. He's only a six-year-old. Uh, two starts last season, or a couple of years ago, had, had a long break for return at the Ferry House, but a couple of years ago, two starts in a hood saw him produce no runs at all. But sandwich between those two runs he absolutely dotted up at Goran and Punchestown um he really just caught my eye on his seasonal return at Fairy House and a big field handicap um he just was never put in the race whatsoever he was just held up at the rear of the field and it was um it was quite laughable really to, to watch his his jockey making it look like he was making an effort but he wasn't at all and it just just okay. screamed prep run for something else he went to Leptown at drf now he ran behind gaelic warrior and he was never ever involved in the race he was at the rear of the field but to be fair, he was never going to be involved. They went that slowly that anything that came from the rear just needs a significant upgrade. Um, he was dropped stone last. He was hampered, hampered by a faller um, twice throughout the race. But he just caught the eye just the way he was travelling through. And uh, th- there's a lot more under the bonnet if you're going back to his runs at Punchestown and um, Goran a few years ago. Uh, this is just the type of yard that tends to really sneak one in under the radar. Now, he's going to come in any of these races, whether it be the Coral Cup or this particular race, off a rating of around 135. Um, considering he's effortlessly scored over a couple of horses at Punchestown um, who are rated in and around that mark, uh, around, around that mark. Um, he could have plenty more to come. He's only a six-year-old. He's 80 to one. Um, look, we don't know where he's going to go, but it is non-runner money back, as we as we keep saying. Um, but five and six-year-olds got a great record. Again, novices or second season hurdlers is what you kind of want to look out for um he was just one that i picked out a price that i thought it might be worth following and the other one was my eye as well i think he's um i think he's a horse with a good bit of ability i'd love the way he traveled at cheltenham uh on trials day obviously he was beaten by hacker de Plast. i think that's pretty strong form p car and thirds come out and give it a boost since um and uh, I think he's crying out to go for two and a half miles. I think that's his absolute optimum trip. We now know he handles the track. He tends to come well and uh, good in the spring. His form from last year, if he graded at Novice Hurdles, is absolutely rock solid. Again, second season hurdle. I think he, uh, I think he'd go very well as well. A double figure price. Yeah, so he's ten to one. My tie ten to one. An epic song eighty to one. So a big, um, big price there for anyone who likes to have a go each way. Um, Jerry, you also like my tie. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I think this horse, I think, I don't think he's reached, I don't think fulfilled his potential. And I think there's a big race in him. Um, and I'm kind of hoping it'll be the boys race at Cheltenham this year. <laughs> no, he's just a horse I really like. I, I really like, I just love, he's a lovely way of going. I think there is a big race in him. Like he's one of those, I presume, I think he's in the in the Coral as well. So whether he goes to the boys race or not, um, you know, Lorcan Murta, who rides the horse regularly, you know, obviously he'd be qualified to ride in this race too. So that would probably be an advantage. And I just think he's a horse. The only, he's probably, he is obvious enough, you know, he's, he's ran well, well around the course. He's got good form. I think he's very solid. Um, but one, one horse I wanted to ask you, Megan, about, and that I think would be very interesting if he turns up here is time for a tune. I think this, is this a horse that would go for this race or do you think he'll bypass Chatham? What are your thoughts on him? Because I do, I do think he's very interesting because like it's one, these are one of these races that, you know, a, a real progressive horse can win. I still think there's a lot more to come from this horse. Yeah, there is. He's got ability, that's for sure, but he's, he, it's taking time for the penny to really drop with him. He's just shown so much immaturity in his races. Um, I don't know if he's definitely going to go to Cheltenham or not. He kind of ran disappointingly at Cheltenham previously and his better form has been on slatter tracks. I know he won the bumper there, don't get me wrong, but over hurdles he's been better. I think he's settled better on a flat track where they've gone a better gallop and he's not going to be able to make, them, make the running himself, is he? So um, I'd be lying if I told you he's definitely going there. Um, but he's 25 to 1 and he's got abilities, so... If he did go, we like the no runner, uh, non runner, no no bet. Um, then maybe he's worth a little bit of a look. I mean, I, I ultimately I think he wants two and a half. Probably in time he would stay further, but he's just been too keen to allow himself to really stay up till now. Um, Brendan, we're gonna close this race with thoughts from you. You were mm. going to mention three card brag from we've heard from Jerry. He potentially goes elsewhere. Yes. Um, have you got another horse in this race that you sort of take your eye? 
No, I'm afraid we'll have to doggedly stick with three-card Bragg Megan, although he is in the Carl Cup and Jerry thinks it quite legitimately he could run in the Albert Barton. But he could go here. He's a good profile for the race. Uh, novice hurdler. He's 142, which doesn't seem any bargain. But this is always the way with Elliot horses, isn't it? They get a Gordon tax and they still win. So uh, I'm, I'm not massively worried, but I do think he's a talented horse who hasn't been seen to best effect so far this season. And but, I mean, it's, it's still, he ran very well. Uh, behind in the pocket in Navin and saw off Sp- Spanish Harlem. Spanish Harlem has disappointed since our grandship, but uh, saw him off in really resolute fa- fashion in Ferries. If he did show up here, he'd be the one, but um, I, I very much take Jerry's point. Brendan, what do you yeah. make of this Spanish Harlem? Because he's a bit of a talking horse for Willie Mullins, isn't he? I mean, yes. mentioned him a couple of times. People are whispering about him. I, personally, me, I don't, I don't see, it. I don't see what I'm missing in his qualifying. Yeah, running, well, I, I, I could well believe that uh, he's a good workhorse. He seems to travel very well in his races, but uh, he has terrible issues with getting over the hurdles. And I'm not sure he's that resolute in the finish. So they, they, they would be. I would share your concerns. Yeah. 11 to 2 favourites, so quite a short price for a horse that there's plenty of sort of question marks over. Um, okay, well, that is our seven races covered. We are getting down um, to our picks. So, Brendan, we have um, a £20 free bet. You can do whatever you like with that on one of the Friday races. Um, mm. All winnings will be going to the Inter Jockeys Fund. Um, myself, Daryl, and Jerry have already chosen horses in a couple of races so we get to stick or twist with what we've chosen so i'm gonna do deal with them quickly you have a look through and think what your um pick is and i'll start with daryl for now your three choices were statler in the gold cup to win goodland albert bartlett and then you went triumph hurdle 10 pound blood destiny 10 pound jupiter de guides oh what was i thinking <laughs> <laughs> all right well i'm gonna have to twist on the albert bartlett one i'm only allowed to twist on one and i yeah uh yeah i'm gonna have to twist on the albert bartlett one because goodland obviously shockingly didn't get an entry for, for the albert bartlett so i am gonna i'm gonna go on hidden Va- actually i've got 20 quid so i'm gonna go 10 pound hidden valley lake 10 pound corbett's cross okie dokie split decision um jerry yours were noble yates each way gold cup We've all been caught in the Albert Bartlett and Blood Destiny in the Triumph. Oh, I suppose we've all been caught is the obvious twist, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah, let me twist him out, please. And can I go 20 quid absolute notions? You are giving up on him quite quickly, Jared. Yeah, he's only had one bad run. Yeah, I know, but I just, I think he, like, by making the running that day at Leperstown and stuff like that, I think he had a hard race. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've just lost the faith a small bit. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to... A big gonna, bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to go with absolute notions. I just okay. think this horse, is, this horse is overpriced half the back of Okay, so my choices were Protector at each way in the gold car. And then, I didn't have picks because for those who remember when we covered the Albert Bartlett and Triumph, Jerry managed to lose... Signal about 25 times. There was thunder, lightning, God knows what was going on outside. So he had to do a love actually scene and hold up his um his choices so I could read them out. Yeah, I therefore how, forgot mine. Yeah, how's that my fault that you didn't put in your things then? <laughs> that Jerry, because you distracted me and I had to try and keep oh. the ship afloat. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Captain. Honestly, things we have Sorry, to deal with Captain. here. Um uh, therefore, I'm gonna put. I'm not gonna twist anything because obviously I'll keep protector at. And then um, Albert Bartler, I'm gonna go each way at sixteen to one. Stay away, Faye. And then the triumph, I'm gonna go Blood Destiny to win twenty pounds straight down, please. Um, so then our last one is Brendan. Have you got your choice for us? I have. I'm sorry, I wasn't there. Definitely, he he did show good initiative, Jerry. Though, didn't he? In fairness. Coming up with that uh, <laughs> miming option. I'm not miming. What would you call it? Riding, I suppose. Riding. <laughs> he, he should be able to ride at his age, so shouldn't he? Yeah, okay, right now, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm getting distracted. Uh, I'll have a tenner on Magic Days in that mare's chase, and mm-hmm. I'll have a tenner on the Gin Coco in the. Oh. Uh, you like that? Yeah. Like it. Okay, I'll do that. So I'll have a tenner on Gin <laughs> Coco in the, in, in the county herd. Love it. I love it. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think between us, we've got loads of winners. 
although we've chosen different horses in every race, so they can't all win, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> Brendan, thank you so much for joining us this week. You've been absolutely fab. Um, thank you for having me. No doubt you enjoyed our pod much better than Racing Only Better. Well, there's a recency. There's a recency bias. Um, um, yes. So, 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 yes, I did. I what's did. his best bet, Meg? What's his best bet? Okay. Yeah. Come on. Right. So, best best bet of the whole week. Oh, God. Um, I suppose. Oh. Who are you looking forward to the most? Who could you not turn up if you turn up on Monday? You can only have one bet the entire week. You can only back one horse. Who's it going to be? Who is it going to be? This is this is a good question. Um, come back to me. Come back to me when you when you when, when, this when is, you. This is the last <laughs> question. That was the last. That's the last question. Uh, d- disappointing. Um, I suppose that magic days. I just can't get over the price of her. I could be totally mistaken now, and I know the dangers of collateral form, but I'm. I do. I, I do think she's a wild price. Yeah. Daryl, I think if we came back in an hour, we'd have a different answer. But we're going to go with that one for now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, thank you very much. And um, Jerry and Daryl, thank you very much. We will see you next week when we sort of do a bit of a wrap-up, go for our, our bankers, our best bets and our blowouts of the, of the week. Um, obviously, everyone listening, remember that we have Racing Only Better on Thursdays, weighed in on Mondays. And everyone, please remember to gamble responsibly. And we will see you all at the festival in two weeks' time. Cannot wait.